Yes, folks, welcome to episode six of the Fundamental Wisdom Podcast with your host, Coach Bag K. On this podcast is where we ask the questions you want the answers to and discuss ideas in order to help you level up to your highest self. We have practical discussions to help you level up physically, mentally, spiritually, and financially. And on this episode, I'm joined by a very, very special guest, a true pioneer in the Instagram manosphere, a cherished author and an elegant poet, a strong and traditionally masculine man, and a leader for the generations to come, Nuovo Achilles. Achilles, how you doing, my man? All good? Hey, all good, man. Glad to, glad to be here on the, on the Coach Mark K podcast, finally. We were planning it, it and we made it happen now. Amazing, amazing. So just in the little chat before this, you were saying that you're just on traveling now, so you're in a hotel. Whereabouts are you? Yeah, uh, I'm currently traveling. Um, I am currently in South America. I plan on, um, I was doing some some backpacking around here. I wanted to experience the, you know, the, the South America part mm. of the world um, mm. in a different way. Just, um, of course, right now, well, as you can see, I'm in a pretty luxurious hotel, but mm. was, this is like pretty much the ending part of my trip I for doing uh, backpacking and just enjoying more the natural side of, of, of life. Yeah, from what I've heard, South America is the place to be. You know, I've, I've spoken to quite a lot of people that are out there, even on this podcast, uh, to Brynja from Primal Thrive, I'm sure you know him. And yeah, quite a lot of people, you know, say that South America is where it's at, that, you know, the West is is falling, which is funny because your Instagram bio is surviving the fall of the West. So let's yeah. hear your accounts of South America. So how, how's that been going for you? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, um, surviving the fall of the West is just this, this movement that I recently started, uh, which is basically all about uh, pushing towards mostly with my expertise area would be the intellectual fall of the West. Uh, of course, you know, of course, to that there will always be uh, the physical aspect, the nutritional aspect, uh, the aesthetic aspect of things, but my specific be the intellectual decadence of the West, which is the one that ends up leading to all types of decadences. Um, so most importantly, uh, I am focusing on allowing the people to not be taught what to think, but how to think. And in that way, we can create a better future society, or at least um, thrive while we are alive and that way teach our sons and daughters how to move in life during, you know, different endeavors uh, in a more intellectual way. Mm. Mm -hmm. That is massive, yeah, especially nowadays. It's a prevalent theme. So just to expand on that a little, yeah. what would some of that be? What does that mean to you? What does surviving the fall of the West mean? What does it entail? You spoke about aesthetics and the importance of good nutrition and physical health, but just to touch and expand on some of that intellectual side of things, what would that mean to you? Well, um, the intellectual side of things, to expand more, what would be to survive the fall of the West? Now, the West is, um, you know, geographically speaking, uh, historically speaking, um, a, very, a very prized area, not for its nature, but rather for its um, people. 
So mm. you see, you know, continents like Africa or Asia, you know, um, depending on who you ask, uh, Australia or Oceania could be another continent. But, um, you know, these places are better when we talk about their nature, when we talk about a place where you can enjoy fresh fruit all year round, places where you can find a lot more, you know, uh, animals, you can find better, better capacity for survival, even from like, you know, just better chances. Mm. But what has differentiated the West from the East in these is uh, the people and the way the people from the West have created different even systems to support further their survival. Uh, so I believe always that intellect is what has built the West over just for a chance of where to be born. Intellect is what has made the West better. Um, and just the seek of beauty, the constant seek of beauty, the constant seek of human development and art in uh, mathematics, in language, in physics, in astronomy, in even creating their own religions and beliefs. Mm. So my goal to survive is to remember what has uh, made and what has helped our ancestors survive the threat from East or from other factors that have threatened their existence, yet they have, uh, with their intellectual power, been able to overcome. Not because they have any advantage in terms of terrain or weather, rather in terms of intellect. Your intellect has built the West. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it makes absolute sense. And nowadays, speaking about the modern world, do you feel like that intellect is sort of disappeared a little, gone, you know, gone away, or how do you stand on that? Yeah, well, I mean, there is this um, this idea, for example, um, that just simply more rating will make you more intelligent uh, or simply acquire more information, but there's a difference between knowledge and intelligence. And a person can possess a lot of knowledge, yet not be very intelligent. Mm. And also vice versa. A person can be more intelligent, yet maybe not possess tons of knowledge. Of course, the you know some authors like Nietzsche have talked about the Ubermensch, which um, of course the perfect man possesses both intellect and knowledge as well. Um, if you can, of course, you should definitely possess both of them. But they are they can be exclusive and. In this case, you know, intelligence is definitely measured by the actions that you take, not mm. by the knowledge that you possess. You can measure someone is intelligent based on the lifestyle that they live, based on the decisions that they take, the way they take their decisions, even sometimes the questions that they ask themselves, that they ask all the world. Yet, sometimes knowledge can be perceived in a different way. There are a lot of people who possess more knowledge, yet they're not very intelligent, they don't take care of themselves physically, or they don't take care of their health. Um, we have a lot of examples like that in universities, in colleges, even a lot of professors might possess a lot of knowledge, yet their intellect is very low. A, a concept that I talk about and that I mentioned in posts earlier, and I have always mentioned, is that based on my own definition, 
And my philosophy is that a man's intelligence is measured by his level of cowardice. You know, if a man is a coward, he cannot be intelligent. Mm. Uh, just in the same way, if a man is not willing to protect, is not willing to provide, his intelligence or his amount of knowledge that he possesses are absolutely invalid because they don't uh, serve the main purpose of a man, which is protection, provision, strength, and then intelligence, of course, possess um, those characteristics as well in order to be useful. Mm. Mm. So that is some very traditional, I know you don't like that word, but it is what it is, traditional and just ancestral views of what a man provides, which I'm sure if there's any snowflakes watching on here will vastly disagree and upset some people, but that's good. Let's touch well, on the that only a bit problem, later. You know, the world with the worth, you know, the only issue that I personally find with the word traditional is, is the context that it has been given mm. by a lot of accounts on Instagram or people on social media that, you know, they somehow believe that escaping the matrix is buying homes in, you know, Alabama or something, and they're just going to live there and just kind of like posting on Instagram how they just have their little homestead. It's like, that is completely fine. That's completely cool. Uh, traditional goes slightly beyond that. Uh, and part of my intellectual pursuit uh, can take a lot of something beyond just that type of tradition. They mentioned it's okay to live a simple life. And yes, not only it's okay, but most people will, in fact, live a simple life. But I, my content is not for those who want to live a simple life. There are accounts for simple life groups. But my content, my account, my philosophy is more leaning to the extremes, to those men who mm. are playing inside them that wants to, you know, it wants to reach these men that have this extra feel to life. When you touch mm. something, you know, if you feel it, if you touch some table and then most people feel it flat, but if you can feel the surface and you can feel every single part of it, and the table, of course, this is an analogy to any topic, to any book that you're reading, you know, you touch it, and most people go through the motions so they read the book, but if you can actually go in-depth and have a dictionary by your hand and have just be like an encyclopedia of knowledge, um, that is, in my opinion, the most important thing, and from that you have to put your feelings aside and put your brain into it, and that will challenge a lot of things that might be sensitive to people, like religion, uh, especially I see that's also why I disagree with the trap community. The trap community is extremely fixated in, in their own religion and in their own religious beliefs, so they don't seek any intellect, they don't mm. seek any further intellectual pursuit, they seek to be shipples within tradition. They seek to simply be, I am a traditional person, so I take no other ownership for my own intellectual development. I simply believe in whatever religion that has been imposed in their trash. And that's it. And they don't question anything else. So I find the traditional community, especially on social media, to be slightly dogmatic 
which is his own parallel for intellectual development, which is my... Mm. And I absolutely agree with that. It's, uh, it's taken completely out of context and it's got into like a very small niche and it's almost like you say you know being sort of almost lazy is being trad now which is why i absolutely love content like yours for example because like you said it's for the men that have like a deeper fire inside of them that you know know that traditional life okay you know the simple life it's good but there's something more out there it's like you know higher mountains you can climb something else to reach so that's good man that is good so i had a question of mine but you went on quite a long rant there, so it popped out of my head. So I have a question to ask you now, right? Surviving the fall of the West. Do you think the West is doomed or do you think there's a way out? And if the way out is there, what is the way out in your opinion? Well, um, it's quite a topic. Now, I created this uh, specific group on, on WhatsApp, for example, um, and I named it Songs of Blood. Um, this specific group aims specifically to, to discuss this topic further, to discuss the topic or, you know, for the people who are concerned about uh, the fall of the West, the specific, because the West has fallen already multiple times, mm. you know, things, especially societies, you know, they, they fall by steps. They don't fall just from 100, or from in this case from 100 to zero. Uh, rather, they it is a gradual process, and the West has fallen multiple times until it eventually collapses. And um, from my understanding, and from clear evidence, uh, from patterns that are repeated I was just reading um, a book about how Rome went from a monarchy to a republic. And you can read in these books how there is a pattern and how this pattern shows how socially, economically, and politically uh, and we are clearly in that stage of, of life now in of history in Western society. The fall of the West is now inevitable. Now it's just about time. Um, certainly, it is not going to be as potent as a lot of people think. It's not going to be like just one event that happens and the UFOs just come out of nowhere and just abducted, right? But it will definitely be, as I mentioned, a gradual process. Almost like, you know, because there is this quote that says that. The punch that does the most damage is not the hardest punch, but the least expected punch. Mm. So, what that means is that if anyone would want to do a lot of harm to you, by society, they wouldn't just do it hard when it is expected. They would instead simply do it gradually, unexpectedly, and make you feel almost like if it's not really happening. And that is when it's going to actually hit the hardest. So that is actually what is going on. It's not going to be something blatant. It's rather going to be something sneaky that's going to happen gradually. And then once you realize the West has fallen. Mm. Yeah, and I absolutely back that up with what you're saying. You know, there hasn't been any like major, major changes per se, but you see it, you know, every so often there'll be another thing. 
Yeah, what's example, the limit? You know, exactly. Like, you know, for example, like you were speaking about the importance of aesthetics. So, you know, a very prevalent theme now in the West, for example, is these big, beautiful churches and traditional buildings and traditional architecture being replaced by just a cube, you know, by some lifeless glass and concrete building, you know, just little things like that, adding up and up and up. You spoke about the punch. Recently, I was reading a book as well that had a good analogy for that. Um, so it said something like, if you want to boil a frog, right? If you throw a frog into boiling water, it's going to jump out. But if you want to boil a frog, right, you just put the frog into some cold water. And then if you gradually turn up the heat little by little by little by little, the frog will just stay there until the water is boiling and the frog dies. So I feel like that's sort of the narrative going on in the West right now. So what do you think is the cause of this? Like not to get into two conspiracy theory topics, but do you feel like it's, for example, the way the modern man is nowadays, you know, weak and kind of purposeless and, and scared and not as courageous as back then? Or is it like, you know, the puppet masters up top? What's, What's provoking this? Well, um, yeah, there are, of course, as you mentioned, different theories that could be labeled. Uh, so I won't get into all of that uh, due to mainly time, but, um, because there there is definitely some interesting stuff uh, within those conspiracies or theories, or even if they're real or not. There is definitely something very interesting to take from them. But something very logical that we can see that is happening is, and this can't be like denied by anyone, and it simply cannot be called a conspiracy because this is just a general norm that is very logical, is simple time. You know, everything gets old. Everything eventually wears out. If you have a vehicle and you have a vehicle that is just it can be the most amazingly well-crafted vehicle by the best european engineers and it can be extremely expensive and the materials used and extremely high quality if you use that same vehicle for 80 years it's eventually going to wear out mm. that's something that we all can always escape from and that's time so this is not a conspiracy unless someone believes that also time passing by is a conspiracy, which I don't believe. But time always ends up taking care of societies because I believe that life is a cycle, life is cyclical, and everything goes through different cycles for it to be, you know, for there to be a rebirth. And once that rebirth happens, that rebirth is hopefully positive in terms of the lessons that were received from the last cycle. So each cycle in a beautiful world should be better than the last one. Um, so, of course, that is one that is conspiracy proof. It's just that you can see throughout history, all societies have a moment in which they simply wear out, in which they simply fail, in which they simply fall, you know. Uh, you can look at the Roman Empire, in which, you know, once the Roman Empire fell, it tried to situation as, you know, as the Byzantine Empire. It wasn't precisely possible, uh, but nowadays, you know, all, all, um, all to Rome, 
So that means that, of course, the, you know, the Roman influence is here nowadays still very present in the numbers that we use, um, the languages that a lot of the world speaks, you know, Latin languages. Um, I speak myself because I also speak uh, Spanish natively. Mm. Um, so you can see how cycles leave traces, but eventually all cycles must come to an end. Now, that is, of course, the most safe way of explaining why. Uh, but that is not, of course, that is very general. Mm. If we go more in depth, um, because yes, time is the time is the general consensus. But what within that fall is what is made is what is making actually the the fall happen. Um, of course, we see weakness in a lot of people. Um, of course, physical weakness exists, but also it is not as prevalent as a lot of people make it sound. Of course, there's also still um, a a large amount of men who, who still practice uh, physical activities. Especially nowadays, we have you know PEDs, we have performance enhancing drugs, we have steroids that can actually help men even surpass their normal strength potential. So to simply blame physical weakness is of course a certain to a certain level a mistake. Of course mm. it is very important and we have a lot of obesity, we have a lot of sedentary people, we have a lot of extremely weak men. But we also have on the other end we have the strongest men in history as well in our generation. Um, I believe more is more of that mental strength, that mental force mm -hmm. in, in, in men. Um, of course, to possess the discipline to create a nice body, to create a strong body, you must have some level of mental fortitude. But it goes a lot deeper than that. It goes towards, once I mentioned, intellectual development is the most important aspect. If you can, I don't like, for example, this modern trend of bashing on people or on men who don't necessarily go to the gym all the time. They're not necessarily 100% jacked. I have posted some pictures uh, of my bodies um, in terms of showing that I also, uh, you know, I engage in lifting weights. Uh, definitely, I have had uh, people ask me about my training programs, my training programs, as I definitely, I did powerlifting. I have done um, strongman in the past when I was bulking. And of course, trying to do a little bit of bodybuilding. I don't necessarily enjoy just bodybuilding because I believe that your body actually has to be able to perform an action, not just look good. Um, but I definitely um, don't agree with this consensus. This might be an For example, uh, you can have great examples of men throughout history who were not completely jacked out of their minds, mm. were not completely massive, uh, but that made huge contributions to life. We have Leonardo da Vinci is an example that just comes to mind right now. Not only a scientist, but an artist, uh, but an inventor. You know, he discovered many different ways of perceiving things and he made insane amounts of progress towards 
what nowadays is modern science and what nowadays allows us to even have things that are as useful as helicopters, uh, Leonardo created many pathways towards what modern humans use. Uh, we have, of course, um, you know, other intellectual, uh, intellectually based characters. We have Nikola Tesla, you know, but I will mention a lot of names because a lot of people will have different opinions on, on, on these people. Um, there are some others that I won't necessarily say that were necessarily the greatest, but I do believe, for example, I, I made a post about this once, it is that you inspire more by example than by words. Mm. So I told this story a little bit, how my grandfather was an artist, and he wasn't necessarily the most jacked man of all, uh, yet I inspired him to, to go to the gym before he passed away. Uh, he inspired me to take on some better intellectual pursuits, not because we were, you know, I kind of like push him towards like doing something, but more like you're, besides an artist, and the artist thinks, well, this guy's bicep look nice, right? Mm. You think, okay, you have a bicep like that, but your bicep cannot make a painting like that. So mm. he has a completely different perception of reality that you have. I have a tattoo artist, as you can see, I have some tattoos on my chest, like my arms. And the tattoo artist is definitely not a very jacked individual. Yet once again, I recently, about a few months ago, um, I I did some training plans for him, and now he's getting to the gym. He was also a vegan slash vegetarian sometimes, and I changed his mind as well in terms of that. Definitely not by shaming him. Definitely just by a lot of long sessions of tattoos and just me talking to him. And I think, well, you know, I might be bigger than him. I might. Of course he learns it, but I definitely cannot tattoo like him. Mm. So I just think that this general idea that some people have that the decadence of the West is 100% physically, physical weakness is a massive intellectual mistake. It is more about lack of intellectual general understanding of life. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely, I back that up. My question was posed in the sense of weak men mentally nowadays, because you're very, you're very, very right that we do have the strongest men ever in history nowadays. But I also like your take on, you know, not having to be like jacked and a bodybuilder and on PEDs or look a certain way to make a contribution to the world, which, you know, very much so stems into what I do, which is holistic health, which, you know, isn't just like the simplistic approach of oh get jacked like as jacked as possible as quick as possible stuff your face with as much food to gain as much mass and then eat nothing starve yourself and then be shredded like no like you know health and fitness is only one small part of our life that's meant to add to our life not take away from it or you know become the only part of our life so that's good and like the examples as well that you gave like you know realistically so many people down through history couldn't care less about how they're eating or their physique or their body or their bicep or their bench but you know they change the world that we live in completely and like you know when you think about it deeper 
what level of influence do you want to have? Like, you know, not saying that them can't coexist, but for instance, would you rather have a good body or would you rather change the world, you know, forever and ever and have everyone talk about your name for eternity? So that's huge. That is huge. So the plague nowadays is weak mindsets. There's none of that iron mind left anymore. And if it is, you know, it's very hard to come by. I see it every day in my day-to-day life as well. What are some things that men can do to like rekindle that, you know, that like warrior spirit, iron mindset to, you know, develop their intellect, to be able to take the correct steps, to move forward, to prevent things, you know, like the fall of the West from happening and, you know, live truly a, a better life for themselves. Well, um, I personally will say that, you know, the first and most important thing that any man can benefit from in terms of specifically mindset speaking um, is simply to have a, it's, it's this mix, right? Now, I hate the word balance because I believe that it is a very simplistic approach to just say be balanced. And I have felt that when I have tried to be balanced throughout my life, there has been some issues. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, I believe that balance is a paradox. The less you try to have balance, the more you end up having it. The more you focus on balance, the more you tend to lean towards other sides. So, at least what I think and what I find that has benefited me the most and has benefited men that I have coached and that I have talked about uh, on my group or that I have talked with is definitely understanding that there are no rules to life. And I think that that is very difficult to understand for a lot of people because that goes against, especially trans people, especially... So, the thing is, I find trans people to be extremely similar to left-wingers and to leftists because they both are very sensitive people. Mm. They both are extremely sensitive in their own ways. Right-wingers and left-wingers are extremely sensitive people. So right-wingers believe that, oh, I'm so politically incorrect, but as soon as they see, I don't know, something that challenges their view of life, they feel offended, they feel attacked, and they get triggered by it. So what I like to think is, you mentioned the word holistic, I really like that, is to see the world in a holistic manner, is to see everything in a way that is working towards a larger plan. That Mm. might have to do with God or whatever that you might call it. But everything is working towards something, towards something specific. Because time is not moving for nothing. Time is moving for a reason. That reason is But everything moves for a reason. Therefore, everything is perfect in a way. And if someone would believe in God or if someone believes in a superior force of nature that is wise and it probably means it knows what it's doing. So why would you try to get in the way of that, right? Why would you try to get in the way of something that is beyond your powers? Uh, that's why I believe in the concept of destiny, which is one of the things that has allowed me to live a much better life. Um, it might have to do with some of these stoic principles I once mentioned in one of my posts and in one of my books. Uh, 
the man who loves in which i mentioned how stoicism is really practice that i personally agree with on 100%. but instead something very similar is the belief of destiny um, which is kind of similar to stoicism but extra details better sharper uh which align more with my beliefs which is just no complaining whatsoever about what comes because everything is working for a higher meaning for your higher purpose and mm. there's something in this universe call it god call it whatever i will not get into this in this podcast uh because um but if you believe that this consciousness that is larger than us is divine and perfect then there should be nothing in this life that you should complain about if you get your leg broken tomorrow that is part of the plan is higher nature your girlfriend breaks up with you get broke if you sorry if you go broke if you break it on her bone if anything happens to you that you might consider bad you shouldn't complain if you believe in god or if you believe in gods or in this higher forms of nature so i feel that is one of the most important things that has really helped as well as understanding life has no rules and that you can create your own rules and that is what everyone does to a certain level even those who like to believe in god like to interpret god to their own ways and that's what has been done throughout history and intellectual development my message is will always be that intellectual development is about leaving your heart on the table next to you and just using your brain because a lot of people read a book with their heart with their brain a lot of people listen to the conversation and probably a lot of people will listen to this podcast with their heart not with their brain and that is a very feminine trait so women tend to do that a lot of times and that's very beautiful but as a man who is looking to intellectually become superior you have to not feel offended when in a book they talk bad about the god that you believe in or the country that you live in or the people that you that you come from if they talk about wrongly about your skin color or your nationality or you have to be able to go past all of those things to genuinely intellectually develop yourself there is no ascension without leaving your heart on the table and actually wanting to learn mm. so man to all those men listening to this that is how you level up in life make your own rules leave your heart on the table and use your brain um and then just knowing that the universe is on your side and everything is divinely aligned you know it doesn't matter which god you believe in or whatever higher power higher nature you believe in it's all going to unfold how it's meant to be and that is not an excuse god you can name it the gods you can name it the universe mm. if you believe there is a higher force of nature and it is divine and perfect and powerful there should be nothing in this life that worries you nothing in mm. this life you should feel bad about or complain about your girlfriend broke up with you you broke your bone you're not in a perfect position in life yet do not worry that is part of this divine higher plan mm. in life see it from that note it's not necessarily about positivity 
it is just about you know someone who believes in God or a God of a higher form of faith. They don't complain. It's just it just makes no sense. Mm. You believe everything is worth by a perfect deity, by a perfect God, then there should be nothing that concerns you. Mm. And that is absolutely not an excuse to be lazy as well, because I feel like people like to take things out of context, such as things like this, and be like, oh, well, if everything is, you know, divinely aligned and if everything is going to work out as it should be, I can just sit at home and, and you know, like jack off and do nothing. Like, absolutely not. It yeah. means that you're divinely protected and that if you go and chase after your goals, you will be rewarded. And the inverse is also true. If you do absolutely nothing, there's also, you know, a destiny and a life path that will unfold for you there and then. So that is good, man. That is some very beautiful points that you touched on. And I feel like a lot of people resonate with that. Now, just to move away from all of that, uh, we're coming into the last 15, 20 minutes or so. So I want to step away from your kind of worldview, say, and talk more about you. So I'm a very long time follower of your Instagram. And I've seen it, you know, flourish and grow throughout the years. Uh, I feel like it has been definitely over almost two years probably now. And at one point, you very frequently mentioned the idea and concept of Etebo. Etebo? Etebo? Yes. So I want to hear you expand on that because I saw a beautiful explanation before of, you know, what it is and what it means to you. And I just want you to touch on that, you know, and explain how it's applicable in the, the world that we live in today. Yeah, so this concept is it's just a concept I personally created um, called Eternal Beauty. And yeah. this concept is about, as you mentioned prior in this podcast, you know, you can see the decadence, you can see the, the lack of depth, intellectual depth in the beauty of either a place or either the, the way people perceive themselves or their bodies in the beauty of the cities, you know, the architecture. So Oscar Wilde has talked about this uh, in some of his books, and it's about beauty. It's about, you know, how beauty genuinely will be what ends up leaving the world would genuinely end up um, taking over in this perfect, beautiful world. Now, of course, you can see this, for example, in Christianity, they have this concept of, of course, heaven, whether it's Jesus. Uh, but you can also see something similar in older religions or beliefs. You can see this in Valhalla, for example, it's uh, about uh, Nordic paganism. You can see this in Valhalla portraits. And these places of the afterlife in which uh, everything has... And you can see how the beauty is exclusive to its population. For example, in Valhalla, what happens is that in Valhalla and then you drink ale, which is beer, and then you get basically drunk every night with the gods, and you talk to them, and you chat to them, and you learn from them after a day of battle. And this instead would be completely alien to Christianity and its heaven, because the heaven of Christianity is rather peaceful, 
it is rather um, something in which you have no need. So you don't need to fight. In fact, it is forbidden to fight. You have no need to drink. You have no need to eat. You have no needs. You have no necessities. Uh, now, I'm not going to... My, my idea is not to criticize this. It's just to show you the examples and differences between them and how each population has a different definition of beauty and what beauty is to them. Now, what I personally define as beauty is anything that makes you feel closer to godly. Now, closer to godly in terms, I know this might offend some people who, for example, in Christianity as they believe to get closer to God. But as I mentioned, listening to this podcast, don't listen to it with your heart, listen to it with your brain. Don't feel offended if I talk about Jesus in a way that you don't like it. This is for intellectual development, right? So, Christianity, for example, mentions how um, how you know, peace is beautiful, and everything that is peaceful is beautiful, and everything that is beautiful is peaceful. My intellectual pursuit and eternal beauty is, is more about finding simply everything finding the beauty in every type of, in every type of um, realm that you might encounter yourself in, finding the beauty in blood, finding the beauty in violence. Finding the beauty in war, finding the beauty in all of these concepts that I talk about. I am working on a book specifically called War, Blood, and Eros. Eros being the Greek god, you know, and just the Greek, this, even this Greek concept of, of what people call, you know, more sexual and something that is seen as pure, even sexuality is not a very well seen in topic by trads supposedly bad i believe there's a lot of beauty in sex and in sexuality and there is as much beauty in that as there is in the most extreme conditions of humanity that you can find even in things that might people well where is the beauty in the murder of an innocent human being. Well, believe it or not, if you leave your heart on the table and you use your brain, there is potentially some beauty to that uh, in the way that everything is beautiful. And that's ultimately the most positive way that you can see things. I see a lot of trash people or people spiritually developed claiming that, oh, no, well, beauty is just defined by this and that, and, you know, if someone dies, that's disgusting. It's like, no, if you genuinely want to be a positive person that radiates confidence, you cannot just be confident and feel good in peaceful environments. You yeah. have to be able to accept the natures of life and accept that all roses possess thorns. And uh, if you want to grab the rose, you need to leave from the thorns a little bit. You know, if you want to, you know, procreate and you want to have a woman absolutely love with you, you need to engage in sex. And you cannot engage in sex in a peaceful manner. You need to engage sexually with her on a hard, polarizing, masculine manner. And that will require um, a lot of 
power and just a display of dominance over her. And that is just an objective reality of life. Peace mm. is not equal beauty. Beauty is everything around us mm. um, that makes the world what it is. And you can see these concepts and even the fact that some people that are not beautiful or some things that are not beautiful exist um, just excels beauty even further. So that makes it beautiful as well. So the fact that ugly things exist are part of the beauty, that is the paradox basically that I created in this concept, eternal beauty. That's a beautiful way of looking at it, man. I gotta say. I gotta say, and you're right, and you know, like people shy away from these, like, you know, more extreme topics, especially the likes of sex, like you mentioned, you know, for, for a lot of people, it's like very taboo. And, you know, it's kind of almost like black magic speaking about things like dominance and polarization. And, you know, it's something, you know, people shy away from, but it's been around for centuries and it's needed and it's needed more than ever in this modern society where, you know, men simply don't have the balls to be able to do that for lack of better terms. So as we're on this topic, and as you, you know, finished up on like male and female dynamics, you post quite a lot about, you know, the intersexual dynamic between men and women. So I want you to expand a bit on modern day dating and, you know, perhaps why, you know, a lot of relationships nowadays don't work out and why they're shallow and why divorce rates keep rising. And, you know, what, what's the issue there and how can we solve it? Well, um, so modern day dating is this topic that is, of course, very sensitive also for a lot of people. Unfortunately, as I mentioned, everything is sensitive for a lot of people. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, many people who claim to not be offended by things are very offended most of the time, like trads or right-wingers. Keep in mind, I would personally be labeled by people as a right-winger. But I still don't agree with those worldviews. I keep my collaboration with people extremely limited. Uh, as you can see, I don't generally collaborate with many people. I don't generally... Uh, like, I have been invited to podcasts before, but I just haven't really taken any notice in them. Uh, I saw that you were very specifically um, like an individual that is towards a more higher pursuit, not just something very dogmatic. I saw that you were focused on the basics of life more, which of course makes things more open to actually learning. Mm -hmm. And I really like that. That's why I decided to come right here. And, well, to go back to the topic is, I would say personally that in terms of modern dating, a lot of people in general have the wrong approach to it when it comes to, um, to understanding it. Now, there is now this concept created the red pill, mm. the black pill, we have the blue pill. We have, we just created pills all of a sudden that back in the 90s weren't in existence. And I think that's a response towards something that I personally find a little bit detrimental, which is to strategize dating 
that women look for that denote higher to social levels um, that of course lead them to feeling more sexual attraction due to sexual different uh, sorry dimorphism and this um, this concept of modern dating has completely killed all of it I get asked alternatives by men I get asked like well what do I do then you know what should I do if I want to improve my dating life in the modern world and how should I just move towards uh, finding a wife? Because I find this topic, we're going to get into this topic now, finding a wife. Because it's something a lot of men are concerned about. They are concerned about possibly all women becoming, uh, you know, just absolutely terrible partners. And I hear a lot of men use like terms uh, towards women, I don't personally like it. Um, that might be an unpopular opinion, like coming calling women sluts or something. I personally don't enjoy that. Uh, might sound weird um, in this uh, niche of people. Mm. The reason why I personally don't like women is because I feel like um, it's not 100% women's fault be the way that they are. Keep in mind that women are mirrors of men. Women imitate uh, the men in a society. If the men are displaying certain behaviors and the men are, uh, the women will follow. Um, and calling women's lots therefore implies more fault of the men than of the women. 
Mm. I certainly don't engage with women that are labeled as, as those terms. They're labeled as, you know, promiscuous or these types of terms that you can find. I personally believe that you attract the woman that you be served to attract. Mm. And women, and women that you are having issues with are labeled as that is because you are attracting these women. The only women that I have attracted in my life have been really good women with, um, with extremely well-preserved uh, bodies and sexuality and is very well aware of their own divine purpose and that is to protect themselves towards sorry from um from men that might not have proper intentions with them or from women that might not have proper intentions with them from life itself um some people say where do you find these women i believe that thinking about that is a mistake i believe that thinking about where to find virgin women or where to find great women is not the way a man should be loved. Uh, if you look at great men throughout history, they weren't precisely concerned about who they were going to marry. Uh, if you read books um, about ancient history, you can find that in most great European or Indo-European societies, the women were concerned about who they were going to marry. It mm. was not the men. It was mm. the women. So the men, you never read about Alexander the Great thinking, well, who am I going to marry? Or Julius Caesar or Augustus Caesar. You don't read about any great emperor thinking, well, who will I marry? You know, Because they can decide who they want to marry. Um, you hear women concerned about marriage. You hear women concerned about the men that they're going to marry. Because a man does not depend on women. You as a man must not depend, and you do not depend on women. Uh, women instead have a very um, naturally dependent relationship with men. And of course, we need women. It doesn't mean that we don't need them. But women need men in a different way than we need women. Women need us for ultimately creating a family and that will give them a life purpose. But the life purpose of a man transcends women. I believe that man, you know, being a man is fantastic. And being a man comes with a lot of benefits that being a woman does not have. Like you have, of course, physical strength that is beyond her. You have a lot of, you know, um, abilities that women don't have, physically speaking. And you have, of course, a lot of, you know, different supposed benefits. But because you have a thousand times also a lot more responsibility than that. Mm. Uh, at least if you're doing things the right way, then you have more responsibilities. Women throughout history, their main responsibility has been to serve themselves. Yeah. So have to literally create. If you find a society full of women, society full of men, then you will see that the men are the ones in charge of creating the roads, the buildings, of creating the sewage for, you know, being able to receive water and to be able to hunt and to be able to have food constantly. So those things are very difficult. Women are instead in charge of taking berries and then taking care of the men. And that does not mean 
that women will have a super important role. Their role is extremely important, and that role is to inspire the men to want to do these things. Because the truth is that we as men, we do a lot of things for women, and men is like because we love women, and we, for example, we see a woman just, you know, walking on this path that is very rough on her feet. We don't care, but we want this little princess that we love, right, to walk on a on a paved path that we created. So we created for her. And then, if instead we're walking with a friend who's a male, we don't give a shit, right? We're just gonna like tell him to men up, and we don't care. But we do this for women, and that is very beautiful. Women inspire us to create this huge societies. Women have inspired even wars. Women, a woman was, you know, inspired the war for joy. So I believe that definitely um, one of the main issues with modern dating that men have is looking for wives. I see a lot of pathetic men looking for wives in crap accounts, being like, I don't know who is this guy. If he finds this podcast, then I'm sorry, but this guy, sorry, not sorry, but this guy is going on comments, just like, like, you know, I'm six foot eight, and I, and I eat beef liver, and I am this, and I eat this boots, and he's, like, it's funny if that's your content, but you don't have to comment that and say, and he says, I'm looking for a trap one, like, come on. Like, <laughs> just to stop you there for a second. I exactly who you're on about, but we won't mention names. Keep it rolling. Yeah, 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 of course. So <laughs> it is It is definitely uh, pathetic to, to see men looking for a wife. And the reason why is because evolutionarily speaking, the men have never been the ones who want to settle. It has been the women, you know? Mm. So women do not find it attractive when a man wants to settle because it shows that he lacks potential for mating. Uh, when a man has a lot of mating options, he does not necessarily want to settle. Now, it doesn't mean that you should be, and I generally don't agree with the consensus that you should be just randomly hooking up. Um, but it does mean that a woman feels more attractive to you when there are a massive selection of women that are also attracted to you which she knows that you possess options for mating and for reproduction and if you do then you are not going to want to settle a man who wants to settle screams that he lacks options especially you know you know it's not only about the options because i see a lot of men for example in the red pill or concepts like that have a lot of women but they are only fans modes that does not convey much value. Having seven OnlyFans models is not as valuable as having three women, maybe, in the entire world that are obsessed with you. These three women are naturally beautiful, they are virgins, or they are extremely well-preserved in their femininity because they respect themselves and their body, they just don't engage with anybody. That is a lot more valuable than having a million women obsessed with you, but a million random women. Uh, because women do have value, and that is in their preservation. Uh, and that includes their intellect. So a woman who is more intellectual will also not be promiscuous. That is just a fact. Uh, 
because she just finds it more difficult to find it to find attractive men. Uh, because she's just intellectually superior. Now, that's why I mentioned that these guys right here commenting those things, as I mentioned, it was hilarious. Uh, because probably people in this community have seen this person. As I said, I won't mention any names, but he's all over. Uh, the, the Instagram comments and all holistic health uh, accounts, and it's hilarious. But yeah, just do not do that. It's pathetic. It screams lack of options. The main key is focusing, focus on learning, focus on intellectual development, focus on improving your finances. And if you, of course, you need money uh, at first, at least. But my idea, for example, is to make money so that ultimately in a few years, I can create a self-sustainable property, a self-sustainable place where I can just not need money because money is still part of this matrix that people like to go. If you have a water source, you have a river, a water source, you have a lake, a pond. If you have a self-sustainable water source with places to hunt or to harvest, that is ultimately what will only make you free and self-sufficient. Money, you cannot eat money. So make money right now, but direct that money towards self-sufficiency aligned with nature. In the process of you doing that, the right woman will come. If she doesn't come, then you were just not meant to reproduce. And that's the divine purpose, right? So I personally believe that, and that's my opinion on modern-day dating, correct? Dude, yeah, put it beautifully. So, gentlemen, feel free to rewind back 15 minutes and listen again, because the man said it exactly how it is. You covered literally every single angle of this question from, you know, the dynamics of the actual relationship to differences between men and women, which are going to be controversial to some of the snowflakes, but it is what it is. Laws of human nature, you know, go cry about it. And lastly, <laughs> the grandiose theme of all of this is for a queen to come around, you have to build your kingdom first. Yes. For a queen to come around, you build your kingdom, and then she'll come around. You don't do it the other way. And I, just to touch on, on, a, on myself a little bit, I tried to do that myself. And I'm not sure if you remember me in your DMs being all sad about a breakup, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. you dealt with it pretty good, you know. Oh. I gave you some actionable, some actionable advice, and mm. you dealt with it amazing, man. You even did mm. your response to just speaks resilient, man. I'm very proud of you as well for that. It's just amazing. Mm. So, yeah, in the process of building the kingdom now here in sunny, sunny Turkey. So, my friend, New Oculus, we are running a bit over schedule. So, I think this is a good time to wrap it up shortly and finish off. I believe we're on for over an hour now. So what we do here at the end is just a little plug for yourself. So obviously your Instagram is Nuovoaculis. That is the best place to reach you. I know that you also have two books out at the moment. Your first book being Snow, uh, Snow and Fire, excuse me. Yes. And then The Man Who Loves with a third book on the way. And you have some courses. So tell the people where they can reach you. Tell the people about your books. Tell the people why they should read your books. And then we'll let you go and, and travel South America. Yes, well, um, I just want to mention it was amazing to, to be part of this podcast. As I mentioned, I just don't generally do collabs uh, with many people in general, or I just simply don't. And that's mostly because 
I just don't agree with most people's general consensus of life um, and how they approach things. I don't want to be in some way related to them. And then people say, oh, well, Novakilis was on this, post, on this podcast, so he agrees with this guy. Mm. But I didn't generally mind to be on yours because I, I checked your account, I, I have talked to you, and I have seen that I wouldn't generally mind. Uh, I would, in fact, enjoy being related uh, to you. You seem like a very extremely positive man, extremely uh, extremely open to intellectual development, which is what I feel defines actually the intelligence of men. And apart from, of course, uh, level of cowardice, which you have no cowardice in you from, from what I can notice and from what I know. So it's just a pleasure to be on the podcast. Um, and well, about my books, I currently do have, as you mentioned, I have Snow and Fire, which is the first of a series of books that I will create. It is a compilation of 90 essays uh, that I created myself that just like knowledge that course uh, will help you in life. It's just general knowledge, knowledge that you can go over every single day. You can read one essay a day that will be for 90 days straight, see the effect it has on you. Uh, when you wake up, you read an essay. It will change your worldview once again. Don't read it with your heart, read it with your brain. This is for the intellectual people uh, who focus on a better development for their lives. I have a Patreon which uh, I post um, not as regularly as I'd like to, uh, maybe a post a week, every two weeks, but the most amazing thing that does make my Patreon is of course the chance to DM me directly because I cannot get to most DMs on my Instagram, but also the SOB group, which I created recently, which is all about surviving this fall of the West that I mentioned. Um, the SOB group is what I am active in the most. We have a new member, um, is Adrian Green, who is, who is uh, a great contact for those stories like French uh, VIP connections in France. We have just a lot of great specific members that can help you to, to survive this fall of the West that I talked about. And that's pretty much it for my content right now. I'm focusing more on, on traveling and enjoying life generally. And just um, enjoying these aspects and living the lifestyle that I always talk about. Mm -hmm. Amazing, dude. Amazing. I'll have to get you on for another podcast and hear some of those travel stories. And perhaps we can exchange a few because I'm an adventurer at that myself. Absolutely. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Thank you for your kind words. Thanks for, for coming on here. It's been an absolute honor. And especially knowing that, you know, you had to vet me and, you know, think about this and, you know, you chose to do it with me and not anyone else that is massive and it means a lot to me. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for your time. And I hope to have you on again. And this has been episode six of Fundamentalism Podcast with Novo Aquiles. Once again, thank you so much, dude. And thank you all for listening. You're welcome, brother. And yeah, glad to be here. <laughs>